This podcast is brought to you by Hanley's Clean Meals. Hanley's Clean Meals provide you with nutritionally balanced prepped meals that will aid you in all walks of life. Hanley's Clean Meals provide numerous inter-county teams with meals. For more information, visit their website hanleyscleanmeals.ie or follow them on social media. Delighted now to be joined by former Leitrim footballer Gary Reynolds and uh, former down footballer Danny Hughes uh, to look ahead, uh, which is crazy to say, the first few games in the championship uh, this weekend. Um, but first, uh, matters off the pitch um, and it's the down footballers again. Um, Danny, uh, it looks very uncertain at the minute about... Uh, James McCartan's um, future as senior football manager. Yeah, I suppose <clears throat> the word broke to the newspapers um, this morning. Um, the Irish News carried a carried a, a back page article on it. Now, it's still very uncertain what the situation is. Obviously, uh, a lot of obviously, as you would guess, the players and, and the county board have went aground on it. Um, there's not a huge amount coming out. Um, I suppose for for I suppose for ex players, fans, and like you know, two weeks you say two weekends away from playing Monaghan, it's certainly it's uh, it's bad news. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I think the players trained last night and they trained themselves, so that's that's all I know. And you know, I club training at the same time, so. Um, I know our, our own Pat Haven, who's our, our club representative on, on the county team, um, he, he was a county team, so I'm, I'm not having to talk to him. Um, and again, it's not really any of my business, so I don't like the prize. So again, it's hard to know where the situation is going to lead to. But certainly, you know, it's it's it would be, you know, you, you're talking about the players leading, leading a training session. Uh, a one a one off is is probably is is worrying that you have to go to those lengths, but surely the, but something has to be done to get uh, to get either James back or certainly put something in place so that the players can can train under some kind of guidance because it's not ideal. Obviously, some of the players having to train and do the train coaching as well. So listen, it needs to be sorted out, and and, and the sooner the better. But the uncertainties are, and I don't think anybody really knows where, where it sits. And maybe, Clara said, even the county board don't know where, where, where they sit at the moment. This all comes from um, a training weekend in Port Marnock where it, it's been put in the paper that there was a breach of discipline um, by the players, which it's expected that the players went for a few drinks and the management didn't agree with it and the wires got crossed there. But like... Players in the last few weeks have departed this panel as well. Finn McElroy, Liam Kerr, Caleb Doherty, Jerome Johnson. The position down or in like this, this is not something you needed. No, certainly not. And it takes the focus, <clears throat> takes the focus on those for all their own reasons. It's certainly not, um, you know, going back to a build up, maybe you would have seen, maybe, maybe we've, we've never seen, but certainly over the years there's been. Um, you know, different issues with players leaving the panel. Um, and I suppose going, going based on what what has been happening uh, locally here, obviously, were players going on holidays and stuff. Um, 
But I think as far as uh, the Kilkulads are concerned, they had a long, tough um, campaign, one in all Ireland. So I think there has to be a bit of understanding there that they were maybe due a holiday or uh, a wee bit of time off, which is, I think, is completely understandable. Um, and I think, yes, you, you can say that, well, as soon as that's over, you should be straight back in. But uh, I think... There has to be a bit of flexibility in, in players' lives uh, now. In terms of the weekend away, listen, Gary will understand this because uh, you know you, you many many years on on but later and you go on a training weekend and we always were well very well treated in training weekends. There was a very great structure to it. The locations were were first class, and uh, whether well, it was Carton House or New Morning Monaghan or you know Port Marnock, which we went to a couple of times. It was always fantastic, and part of that was always a bit of a get together as as players. We had a few drinks, we we had a night out, and it always those type of sessions always bonded us as much of as as some of the training sessions. And it was a time that the national league was over when you're getting ready for the championship, and it's. Sometimes in those social um, circles, you mix with people that you normally wouldn't mix with and change with in the change room. So, uh, you know, it is important. Those type of things are important at the right time of the year. Now, whether that's three weeks out from a championship, I don't know. But I think players are so fit now that a night on a night having a few drinks and, and dancing or whatever they're doing, uh, as long as nobody gets totally carried away, and there's no Ragnar or anything like that done, I think there's a place that that, that, that has its place in any team. And even you look at the structures in Monaghan, or the, the, the approach to it in soccer and professional rugby. These are professional teams that are prepared to go out and have a few pints after a match, relax, and there's a, there's a very sensible approach to it. But in the GAA, we, we've come to a point where it's all or nothing. And, and I think that is wrong. Now, it's management's prerogative to get the boys ready for Monaghan and a championship. And every management has to answer the fans themselves and county boards, etc. So that is their, if they decide to put teams and players on drink bans, which I don't believe in, then that's their own prerogative. And that's fair enough. So players, I suppose, have to, if they're buying into a county team, they have to, they have to uh, adhere to the rules. But, you know, I think this could have been dealt with a lot quieter. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think Aidan, Aidan has gone, Aidan O'Rourke has definitely gone, left the coaching team. And I think James has probably left without a coach. Um, and, and he's felt that his position is, is now untenable, given that there has been a number of players that have decided to, to go to America for the summer. Um, and again, that's part and parcel of a secondary competition being introduced as well, the Taldean Cup, which I've never, ever, ever agreed with. I thought the qualifier... Uh, route was always given an all chance to those uh, to, to stay in Sam McGuire um, and, and the creme always raised to the top. So again, we found ourselves in this position and it's really, really unfortunate and I just hope that it gets ragged side sooner rather than later. Gary, just on that, like we're, we, we've seen like the majority of inter-county teams now having drinking bands and everything, like is is that where the game has gone, like, maybe a bit too serious? Because even as Danny mentions there, like, the, the down lads were away on a training camp, probably working their socks off for most of the weekend, tough training sessions ahead of championship, but just a few beers, like, of inter-county 
teams doing this, it, it doesn't seem like it's the end of the world, really. No, no, absolutely spot on. Danny, Danny nailed it there in the sense that the GA is the only sport, I think, when you consider soccer, rugby, everything else, where there's this stigma around drinking. And I think off the back of it, you know, Danny would have been used to it himself, is, you know, we, we would have gone a whole league campaign maybe back over the years without having a pint. And then you might get a wee break before championship and every lad would, would, would break out and lose the plot for a couple of days. So they go missing. Whereas there's this stigma around drinking the GA that you can't have a few pints and relax. So when lads do eventually get out for a few, they tend to maybe abuse it a little bit. And maybe that's what's happened here. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happened here. But there is a real stigma around drinking in the GA. And it, it had maybe altered slightly, I think, over the last couple of years. Some new new age managers had come in, younger, who were only after finishing up maybe themselves playing in the last five, ten years. And they've realised that maybe, you know, loosen the strings a little bit. Midway through the league there, you might get a couple of weekends off, let lads go out for a few points. But there is a real stigma around it. And, and uh, it's, it's an issue because it's turning a lot of younger guys, especially younger guys coming through now. And I even see it in the club seeing myself. It's turning off. The level of commitment is turning guys off wanting to commit to playing for a senior club team or indeed, worse again, a senior inter-county team. So um, it does need to be loosened. I think there has been a little bit over the last couple of years, but uh, it's, it's it's an ongoing discussion. And and this the day of, of coming in and not touching a drink, you know, I remember us being put on drinking bands like eight weeks out from championship matches and, you know, a month out from the league. Makes not makes absolutely no sense. And it puts, puts pressure on younger guys who maybe have that as a bit of an outlet to go out and have a few points after a decent win or a decent performance. You see it in every other sport, as Danny said. Um, and I'll compare it to a story a couple of years ago. I remember the lads, a couple of our younger lads were in Minute in college and they went down the down the town for a few points, I think. And we had a championship match maybe, she's could have been three, four weeks away or during the Leitrim senior panel at the time. And of course, we, we weren't on an official drinking ban, but drinking wasn't something that was supposed to be done at that stage. And all these charters and all this sort of stuff were flying around. And it was the it was the four or five days before the Irish boys were heading out to Chicago to play the All Blacks. And Henshaw, Robbie Henshaw and a few of the lads were down in the same bar having food and having five or six pints and a nice chill evening. And they were, fly, they were telling the lads they were flying out to Chicago the following morning. That was five days before they bet the All Blacks in, in, in Chicago. So there's exactly what Danny is saying. And again, it's not, as Danny said, it's not necessarily exactly, it doesn't explain the situation down, but you would have imagined that there would have been an itinerary given out. It looks like there's a breakdown in communication, as Danny said. Uh, you know, we went to Brathy House a couple of years ago and in fairness, three, four days out, you get an itinerary of what the plan is for the weekend, what times you're expected to be in certain places. And then, you're, you know, the agreement is you might be able to let's go out and enjoy yourselves on Saturday night for a few beers. So it's uh, something's happened. As Danny says, I think it's just a breakdown in communication somewhere along the line. Hopefully it can be fixed. Um, and sorted and James can get back in and, and get going again but uh, yeah there, there's an issue there it needs to be sorted out modern day society and it needs to, be, needs to be fixed but the way we operate in the GEA and, and a lot of people that are in charge at different levels I'm not sure it will be you know What do you see Gary like that managers get out of this when they put down these drinking bands? I don't know I think I don't know if it's in their head they're thinking I, I, like it's something Danny mentioned earlier. I mean, the levels now, even from from when me and myself and himself played, like lads are going around there. They're in serious nick. Their their body fat is four to you know probably m most county panels at the moment is probably between four and ten percent. So like 
going out an odd night here and there in between a serious training routine as long as you're not abusing it is absolutely no harm to the body as long as you're getting up the next morning doing your recovery maybe heading to the pool or doing whatever you're doing so I really don't get it I think it's probably for the certain percentage of the panel Paul who we all know in certain instances can tend to maybe you know roll over the next morning and head on the day two again so I think there's that fear still in a lot of managers minds that if you loosen the strings a little bit um, you know guys younger guys tend to take advantage of that so I think there's a little bit of that yeah. just trying to get the mix right you see you're you're talking about the mix the the actual imposition of drinking bonds and the fact that it's discouraged is actually forcing forcing drinking into the into the undergrounds not the proverbial yeah. thing but it's 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 sending boys uh into into that kind of all or nothing drinking where it's going two or three days after whatever the league is and stuff like that and it's binge drinking and we're the only country and sport in the world where binge drinking is seen as a, as a kind of feather in your cap instead of as as Gary highlighted with the rugby guys after the game a couple of sensible uh, drinks and let me tell you the difference that I seen between, I suppose, when I came in in 2002-2003, we would have went out after every National League game, win, lose or draw, and we had a couple of pints. And Gregory McCartan, James himself, were all part of that. Um, and then, you know, when I when I was finished up in 2013, nobody went out after a National League game. So it had come full, full circle. And I always felt um, at the end of the National League, you needed a week um, as a player, I always took a week's holiday. A couple of us on the panel would have went out to Spain for, for five, six days. And funny, we would have bumped into boys like Paul Finley and stuff like that from Monaghan. And always great crack. And uh, you got a bit of sun, a bit of crack. And it was fantastic. And again, it was, I know when, when I went to Tally in 2009, Paddy Tally and, and James were, but more or less went to Tally and said, listen, I'm taking a week off. After the National League, it was no problem. Go and enjoy yourself, and and you know we'll see you. We'll see you. And and to be fair, county teams, most county teams would take a break of a week or two weeks after the National League anyway. But it's this the game. We're going back to this guys. It's this fucking all or nothing attitude. Like you can't do this, you can't do that. And it is a teacher pupil. There's a lot of teachers and stuff in in our game, and it is this teacher pupil relationship that we're. It's, there's no trust there. There's adults here, and, and you've got to trust players to know where the bar is. And, and listen, when players go out onto the field or out onto the training field, you would think that those boys that are pushing fitness-wise will, will be conscientious enough to know that, right, they're not going to go and get a big skin fill. And there's boys that know that they're in really good shape, they can take a drink, and they'll be fine the next day. And again, it's, you have to trust the players. If you don't put the, the trust in them, then they're certainly not going to trust you, and there's not going to be that relationship there. So... Um, I, I just I feel very very much uh, for the players in this scenario because they're left now. Yes, they 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 they, they went for a couple of drinks or whatever it was or breakdown communication. They're left with no management team here three weeks off, and they're the ones in the spotlight. Come Monaghan, and Monaghan are flying. Monaghan could well. You would need to be at your very very peak. You need to have all your players out. You need to be all fit, and you need to be well set up, and. Even on a good day, you might be beat by them. So uh, it's the players that are in the shit here. Uh, they're they're being left three weeks out or two weeks out when they should be doing the real hard graft. Just, just on that, like you were, you were 
the last county to appoint a manager in November 25th when a lot of pre-season work shouldn't be done. Should Dow not be ruthless here as a county board? And if James is coming back, they appoint him and that's it. Or get someone in straight away. Like it, it just doesn't... It needs to be a quick decision, really, when you're talking there about preparation and everything. Well, James, I suppose when James came into the role, James came into the role, he came in and he said, I think he said to the press, this wasn't my preferred... This wasn't my preferred job. I didn't want to take this job. Now, uh, I'm, I'm only going on what my reaction as a player. If I had, if I was a player and the manager said, you know, I was given this job, I didn't really want it. Yeah. Then there is something, a subconscious thing, like Gary, I suppose from your scenario, I suppose, would you be thinking to yourself, well, to give the job to a man that doesn't want it, doing it out of the, you know, he's getting the, the emotional uh, heartstrings being pulled here. So again, uh, it doesn't look good when something like this happens and then with no management team running into the championship. It, it, it certainly doesn't reflect well on, it certainly doesn't reflect well on the county board to appoint, to appoint a manager that didn't want the job. And then I, I would say that, I would say, I'd be very surprised if James say doesn't do a U-turn here and decides, right, can, can, I, can I leave this, uh, given that it was very clear to start that <coughs> it wasn't his preferred choice to go back as manager. So the county board, I think, do they know really what's happening? I'm not sure if they do. Uh, I'm, maybe they're ongoing discussions with James, I'm not sure. But certainly, um, I think the players need to get a grip on this. Um, and I think that it's up to the captain and the key leaders on the team um, if there is no management uh, ready to step in, if the managers aren't coming back, let them go and get their own men. And I, I, I genuinely believe that'll be the case. Don't worry about county boards; just go and get their own their own uh, trainers, whether that be whoever it is. Um, so I, I would say that the players need to lead from the very, very front, and nobody, not one person, fan or pundit will will blame the players here for going and getting their own man here to get them ready because if, if they got themselves into it with whatever people perceive they did then they're going to have to dig themselves out of it as well and like just even on that um like the drinking bands and everything to finish like gary like even your own inter-county career like there's obviously great memories and stuff playing on the pitch but like it's probably those nights out where, like we said, you create a bond, you talk with players that you might normally talk to. They're probably the memories you most look back on, I presume. Of course it is, yeah. yeah the crack you have with the boys and you can go out as a, and train and dog and come out through tight matches and all that sort of stuff. But actually sitting down and having a pint with a fella in the pub from maybe a club that's up the other end of the county that you haven't maybe had a whole pile of dialogue with, you know, you travel with the lads, you know, you kind of, naturally, we all go into those cliques when we're eating the dinner after training and stuff like that. You don't tend to sit with fellas you wouldn't normally know. But as you got older and you appreciated it more, how you try and have, have a bit of harmony in the dressing room, as, as Danny said, actually getting to know a guy, you know, sitting and having a few pints with him, having a bit of crack, having a laugh. You know, you went out the next morning if you were doing a recovery session and the crack was going again already in the in the warm-up and in the circle. So sometimes it's the only way to kind of, it's the last piece of the jigsaw, as, as Danny mentioned earlier, you know, that having a few points, like he said back in the day, we were the same after every National League game. 
we would have went for a couple of jars and the crack was good. And if it was a poor performance, it was or, or you were beaten, it was nearly great because you spoke it out with the lads that were with you on the field and you kind of nearly were able to park it there and head back training on a Tuesday night. So uh, hugely important as regards, you know, any high functioning, high achieving team, you know, would would be able, would would bring in those bonding sessions, and you see it now part of you know working teams and and high high achieving teams in business areas. A big a big a big point of that is to the morale within the team and actually going out and having a few social drinks together. So it's a huge 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 part of it. And Danny, I presume it's dead memories you kind of probably uh, look back on as well. It it certainly wasn't from any medals or cups won. That's for sure. Guy. <laughs> Certainly. Not mine, neither, Danny, that's for sure. <laughs> Whatever about you. <laughs> I always think that success is relative. Um, and it's only after your career, when you have a wee bit more maturity, maturity that you, you appreciate the fact that, yes, winning and losing and winning medals, and we all strive for the provincials, the national leagues and stuff. But do you know what? It's... I, I was at an event, a business event, and I met, bumped into Big Callum King. Um, and Big Callum had a lovely fingertip save to, to the All-Iron semi-final. And we were chatting about that and laughing about that. And it's that type of stuff. It's not the, it's not the yeah. certainly the medals or the cups. It's, it's the stuff and the people that you meet on the journey, on the way. And it's a bit cliche. It is a bit cliche to say it's about the journey. But really... You know, the amount of people I met even through the Railway Cup and, and, and they disbanded the Railway Cup in their in their um in their wisdom because they weren't getting the crowds. But for me the Railway Cup wasn't about crowds. It was about playing against players like Gary, playing with players like the McMahon brothers from Tyrone, where you've been running up against them. They were fierce competitors, but fantastic drinkers. And the, the the boys the boys we 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 won a railway cup in London and we had a night out after but you wouldn't have any of that uh, without the railway cup and the, and it's a pity in them circumstances that player at the county boards managers look at it in black and white terms it's not that's not what it's about it's about the relationships that you meet along the way and and thanks be to God I was very lucky in a time where that was still acceptable and a lot of ex players and, and people that probably wouldn't have known me. Otherwise, and still maybe wouldn't know me, but you meet them along the way on the journey. And uh, for me, with a bit of maturity looking back, that's a lot of it what it's, what it's about, you know. And even just looking at uh, the three championship games this weekend, um, the first one is on Sunday, um, New York host Sligo and Gaelic Park at half seven. Gary, um you would have went over to New York as part as the Leitrim team before. Like, how challenging is this trip? Very, very difficult. Yeah, it's, it, it look it, as as talking about memories there with with, with Danny and Paul. Like, some of the great memories I would have would be those trips over to New York. And and as he says, not necessarily before the game, but the crack after the game when you could let the hair down and enjoy yourself. But the, actually, the build up to the game is quite difficult because. The county board of a job going out there as well, Paul, you only get that kind of, it's like a cash cow every five years. You have a chance to go out and meet all the Leitrim people. Our actual sponsor as well for the Leitrim, you'll see it in the front of the jersey, are out there in New York, one of the bars out there. 
uh, Clark's bar and it's it's hugely important because you'll have a cohort of the players but generally mostly the squad that will have a couple of events in the build-up to the game on the Sunday. So I remember the first time I would have went out was back in 08 and, and uh, you know, back when, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't as important your rest and recovery. We, we were in different bars and pubs the three or four nights before the game. Now, we weren't drinking, obviously, but we were at functions and we were meeting leads from supporters and we were meeting leads uh, lead from people out in New York that have been out there years who are kind of driving the thing out there. And you'd be absolutely shattered in the build-up to the game. And then you have to go out on a warm Sunday and, and play against the, a New York team who's, it's their All-Ireland final and some of these guys in their own right are very good footballers as well Paul who just found themselves out over there who had to emigrate to get work so it's a really difficult scenario and um, you're also on a you know it's it's um you're 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 in a no win no lose basis because if you go out and hammer them everyone says ah oh, sure Jays is New York are no good and then if you come out and win by a point which Leitrim did the last time they were out there you're kind of you're slated back home because how he only beat New York by a point so it's a uh, it's a it's a tough scenario mentally physically it's it's extremely draining but it's also a brilliant week as well I mean I look back on the couple of trips I had out there with with great memories but uh, yeah regards to actual on the field stuff Paul extremely difficult for for Sligo. Uh, um, you know, McIntyre will have them well well rehearsed and all that sort of stuff. Those boys, it's a quite a young Sligo team. There's only maybe a handful of boys that were maybe out there the last time with them, but they had a reasonably good league. Uh, they had a good win against Leitrim in the last round. So look, I still expect them to come through that one. But uh, yeah, as regards the preparation, what it's like going out there, extremely difficult. And obviously London's an awful lot closer, but it's also another difficult game to kind of kind of work your way into and try and see what the build-up to, to the week is going to be like, you know. As well in Everton, when you get to New York, I imagine you're amazed by all the attractions in Everton when you get there. And there's probably a fear as well, like even for Leitrim, or Sli even Sligo going over this weekend, that like New York have never won in the Connacht Championship and you don't really want to be the first team for New York to beat. Yeah, it's like a cyclical thing as well, Paul. I mean, New York, no disrespect to my own county, but we would have known this going out, but they would look at Leitrim and Sligo as the two counties in Connacht who they have a realistic chance of beating. And I would have heard it. I would have known a lot of lads. A, lad, a guy from my own club was out in New York for years. And they over the five-year period, you would know you had Galway, Mayo, Roscommon three years in a row, and then you'd know it was Sligo and Leitrim's turn. Leitrim are out there again next year. So guys would actually be making a conscious decision and maybe not committing the years that they were playing, Mayo, Galway and Roscommon. And then all of a sudden, Leitrim and Sligo be coming to town and they'll be thinking, Jesus, we actually might have a realistic chance of eating these. And this is what the managers would be saying to them as well. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's it, like, I suppose if you're doing the right job and in fairness, the county board would have been new with us. When you land in New York, you're not heading straight into Madison Square Garden or Madison Square or wherever else, or Times Square, sorry. You're not heading in there, going around with, with, with your camera out, taking pictures. They kind of keep you along the outskirts in New York. And um, if all's going well, they'll allow you a day or two downtime after the game to go in and enjoy that sort of stuff. So it'll all be set up properly. There'll be a, a full itinerary list. That's what we used to get in the, in the days gone by. So I'm sure Andy and the boys will have that worked out. But it's important the lads get there. They look after themselves as well. I'm sure they'll be very sensible. They won't be... They won't be carting the lads around on a bus like they did with us years ago to functions and stuff, trying to generate cash. But they'll have to do a certain amount of that. It's just important that 
the preparation I think has gone very well uh, no more than Danny I'd have a few eyes in there that would be keeping me posted but apparently preparations have gone very well for the Leitrim boys heading out to London but also the Sligo boys I think are quite happy with how things are going so they'll be professional and I'm sure they'll be ready to do the job but New York definitely will think they have a chance this weekend you know the the biggest challenge though for New York Danny um like they don't get to play much challenge matches uh for their preseason there's a lot of snow on their pitch um but it is an astroturf pitch which can be an advantage like they played one challenge match against a Galway club saw till knock the car in a memorial cup before this uh Sligo games and like Sligo have come through a national league campaign. No, listen, they, they, there's so many um, there's so many obstacles to New York. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But Gaelic Park's actually a wonderful uh, wonderful place. And uh, we, we went out there after, uh, in 2010, for our team holiday. And we were there for a week and we played New York down at the, at the Astor Tower Field. Fantastic setup. And there's a great, there's a great Irish community around there. And certainly, you know, their championship, their their spring opening championship game is massive there. Like it, it really is for the Irish community. And I think the GA have acknowledged that fact with the fact that Laurie McCarthy, you know, Laurie obviously is is uh, an adopted New Yorker and uh, president of the GA. So again, it's a bit of a tip of the hat to the exiles being the New Yorkers, the the London uh, uh, diaspora that are over there as well. So listen I think Tony Tony McEntee is is a coach of the highest quality uh, manager, and he'll certainly be very very professional um, with his preparation. Of course, Gary, Gary's right. You have to do you have to do the um, you have to do the dinners. You have to do the uh, do the fundraising stuff, which players can absolutely focus on, and they can still have be very very relaxed about it. Um, and then be well rested for for their game. So uh, listen, it's a fantastic something. Even as, as somebody that operating in Ulster the whole time, and it's a pr- probably in All Ireland and in All Ireland in the Ulster Championship. But it was something that that I was always pretty envious that that kind of got they, they got that that uh, every so year, uh, every so often trip out to New York to um, to again uh, to. To play the guys out there, and it would be tricky. There's no doubt. A couple of years ago, Jamie Clark was involved in in a match against uh, who was it? They were Leitrim, uh, I think. Leitrim as well. Yeah, last time. Yeah, Danny. Extra time, wasn't it? And went to a point. Yeah. Extra time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can certainly they can certainly put it up there, and and but given COVID and the restrictions around there, there's been a lot of people that probably either have come home from New York or um you know delayed going out there. So. Uh, I would I would see it probably as a step too far for them to, to earn out a result, but it's all about the performance. It's all about the performance, and you know the, they get the, a good start, like it gets the crowd behind them straight away over there. And oh, of course, of course, yeah. of course they will. Uh, listen, uh, you know, as long as they get a performance, uh, you know, I don't think the fans have huge expectations over them. But they're, I suppose they're very proud of where they hail from, and everybody's a wee bit different out there where they have. Yeah. Of roots in, in several different other counties, but certainly, um, the the as long as they get a performance there and they give everything they had, and it's a fantastic opportunity for for the exercise to see the likes of the Sligo players as well. Some some really really top players there. Um, but t- knowing Tony McEntee, 
they'll be they'll be very professional and they'll go about their business very effectively and efficiently. And I can't I can't see anything other than the Sligo win. But it's a great opportunity again. Sky said. It's a great opportunity for the Sligo players to bond after the match, go and have a few drinks, enjoy themselves and 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 focus on the next game. And uh, I suppose for Leitrim, again, same type of thing with London. Um, London have been going well. Really good good management team there. Uh, and it won't be easy. It certainly won't be easy. But it's a, it's a great opportunity for Leitrim too. Like. I think it's only four players New York have left from that Leitrim game um, where they ran them to a point. But... Did you have Adrian Verley, ex-Galway player, Johnny Glynn, ex-Galway player, and Alan Campbell as well from Tipperary? But Gary as well, like, it's 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 a big challenge for Sligo, everything that's happened in the last week. Like, a lot of these players would have played with Red Oak Murphy, who tragically passed away, and, like, a lot of these players would have been friends with him as well. Yeah, yeah, tough couple of weeks. Uh, sometimes it can go two ways in that scenario, Paul. They can, they can be, uh, you can be galvanised by something like that happening, or sometimes it can have an emotional drain and effect on the players. I'm sure, uh, as Danny says, McEntee's a top class individual and operator. He'll be well keen at that, and I'm sure he's got the support services around that squad over the last couple of weeks. Um, Sligo are building nicely in fairness since McIntyre took over really young squad some really good young players there but as you said Red Oak Murphy would have been an integral part of that and I think when he didn't commit this year it was a massive blow to Sligo because he's a game changer you know and they have a couple of really good players there and if they were able to add one or two more to it it would have made a serious difference so his loss is huge not as a footballer but as a friend to a lot of those guys and I know Sligo has been in mourning the last week or two um, I was in college in Sligo IT, so I still know a good few people are down around there and they're all in shock. You know, everybody's in shock, even us in neighbouring counties. So, um, you know, he was a fabulous footballer and, and apparently a fabulous young fella as well. So uh, I'd say McIntyre might try and turn that and, and use it as a galvanising approach. And, and uh, Sligo are a proud county. They finished the league very strong against Leitrim. Uh, Carabine as well, who, who got the straight red mm. that day against, against us, along with Keith Byrne. He's had his ban overturned, I believe, because... They had video evidence of his. Unfortunately, there was no video evidence of, of Keith Burns, who's a huge, huge loss for us. So Carabine, I think, has been a real find for them um, in, in the league as well. He's been very good. Uh, so him being back is another boost. And then if the boys can get going up front, um, you know, Pat Hughes and your Niall in the corner as well, you know, I can't see if they get their shooting boots on early, I can't see anything but a Sligo win. Um, New York, as you said, they'll go off adrenaline because they'll have a big home crowd there. And as, as you know, if they do start well, you know, and they get their tails up. But generally, where it harms New York is, and, uh, you know, they've always kind of flagged a little bit in the second half. Um, their fitness levels maybe aren't where they should be. Because as you've mentioned, they haven't had any game time, really, bar that one challenge. So um, I'd expect Sligo to come out on top. They've had a tough couple of weeks, but it'll be a nice way of kind of, a nice maybe distraction for them as well, Paul. If they didn't have a championship game now for four or five or six weeks, and or playing maybe a Mayo or a Galway, a team that maybe they mightn't have a much chance of beating, I think it'd nearly be worse. It's been a nice distraction, I think, for them to get back in the training field and, and head over to New York now for the weekend, you know. And Gary, the forwards you mentioned there, it's the one thing you'd probably say with Sligo, like Niall Murphy, Pat Hughes, Sean Carvine, Luke Towie, even Pat Spillane coming in as well uh, from Jude's. Like, forwards-wise, like Sligo, like, do nearly have as good as forwards as some of the other counties in Connacht. Yeah, yeah, Hughes and, and, and especially uh, the two boys inside are very, very strong. Pat Hughes is very, very strong. And then you have Niall Murphy there who can, 
you know, he kicks scores from everywhere. He's been around, the, he's for a young guy, he's been around the block a little bit with Sligo. Uh, Sligo always, I think, I don't know whether you can compare it like that, but Sligo's real soccer town, obviously with Sligo Rovers down there, they've always had really stylish forwards, you know, no matter how how bad they were going over the years, they always had a couple of real sharp shooters. Pat Hughes, more of a target man, uh, very strong on the ball, ball winner sort of stuff, and then you've got Niall Murphy who can kick scores from anywhere. So if those two boys get going and they get good enough ball into them, I feel that, uh, you know, they, they could put up a big score on Sunday. Um, at the back, I suppose it's more of a younger quartet he's brought in. I wouldn't know a whole pile of them. They're not household names, and that's no disrespect to them. But I watched them in the Dome this year against uh, against uh, Leitrim when they, they opened the GA Dome and did some really sharp cornerbacks, wingbacks, bombing up and down the field. So uh, Spillane will be big. He's a big physical guy. He plays, plays in Dublin, his club football in Dublin with Jude. So, yeah, he's, he's put together a nice panel there in fairness and he's blooded an awful lot of guys in the last two years. So uh, this will only add to their experience. But the boys up front are top class and if they get enough ball in early enough and, and New York can't cope with it, I think they could kick uh, they could kick some big a uh, big score on Sunday, to be honest with you. That game's um, half seven on Sunday, live on GA Go as well, of course, which is uh, great to yeah. see. The other game on Sunday, um, Leitrim in London uh, in Ryslip. Um, Danny, you were obviously referenced a few times. Joe Coulter, Benny's brother, um, is involved with London. And like Gary mentions there, Keith Byrne, uh, the second highest scorer in National Football League, is ruled out this weekend with a red card. Like... Like that has to give London huge belief this weekend. You 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 would think so. And uh, listen, London have done they've done extremely well um, in the league. They they really were. I would I would have put them up there with <coughs> the likes of the the Lows and stuff as as having fantastic, phenomenal trajectory there and. Listen, they went in and people wouldn't expect them to do very much like like every year. Bottom of the pile, you would have thought. But they pulled off some really good wins. And it looked as if London could have won through into this third division, which, you know, if they had done that, that certainly would have been nailed on for me for the team in the league. So, um, listen, it wasn't a beat and they probably run, run out of a bit of road there. Um, element of surprise there was probably gone as well. But certainly, you know, later on, won't get it their own way and going over there are uh, it's it's in London, isn't it? Yeah, in Ryslip. Yeah. And, and Ryslip's quite a tight wee field. Um, you know, from from playing on it, it is a very, very tight wee field. Um and again, uh the, the lack of atmosphere, I would say, at it. Uh, it's different, but a wee bit different from from New York. Uh, you're down a wee bit off the road, uh, but in Ryslip, it's quite open. Uh, it's in a housing development, and there can be a lack of an atmosphere there, which won't go in Leitrim's favour because I think they were used to maybe Leitrim Championship games when there would be a significant crowd or Mayo yeah. or wherever they're playing. So um, it, it's a, it's a strange. It could be a strange enough experience. Obviously, Gary would be better schooled maybe on on that, but certainly it's got all the makings of a difficult um, uh, a difficult game for Leitham. Certainly, you would think that Leitham's gonna gonna win the game, but certainly it makes for a challenge. It certainly does. Um, yes, Leitham should win, probably will win, but it might be closer than a lot of people think. Are you worried about this game, Gary? 
Yeah, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was for all the reasons Danny mentioned there. I, I, I said about the atmosphere in New York and the difficulty in the build-up to it, but it's nearly as difficult out in London because Danny's absolutely spot on there in the sense that it, it's away from anywhere where there's any atmosphere in London. It's out in the it's out in the sticks, Royslip. The only other pitch I could compare it to now, and this was kind of before Danny did on the redevelopment and the big new standout in Royslip was Corrigan Park in Belfast. I always felt there was this bit of an eerie feeling about it. It was outside the city. It was out in the middle of a housing estate and all there was was maybe you could only see maybe 100 people at any of the games. Royslip was very like that. Now, they built the new stand and it's a great job and everything, but nothing's changed about the. There's always a wind there and it's never a straightforward one blown into one particular goal. It's kind of blown cross field down into the bottom corner. It takes you a couple of minutes to get your kicking right. Um, no more than our last time ball out in New York. We only got out of right slip the last day with a point win and that was uh, Ronan Kennedy got two goals in the last couple of minutes. The game was over. We were beaten and he hit two wonderous goals into the top corner. So we got out skin of our teeth probably... Truth be told, we didn't deserve it. But no more than New York, I think London would be targeting this as a game they definitely can win. But as, as Danny mentioned at the beginning of the call, I think uh, Maher, the manager there, is a cute boy, really good. I think Larkin Mulvey from Cavan's in on his coaching ticket as well. So they have loads of experience there. Um, the Liam Gavigan as well, who I would have marked a couple of times, he's a fabulous footballer and he can kick scores from everywhere. So look, we're, we're worried about this game. I think added to that, Keith Byrne, um, being ruled out is massive. I think he, he hit 244 in the league, uh, which was only second, I think, behind Mulroy from Loud. And I think we only we only totaled over about 110 points in the in the league in total when you include goals and scores. So that's 50% of our score in the in the league this year. So you've got the likes of Mulligan Emlyn there, who's still there, natural free taker, can kick points from distance. So I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen him coming in on the 40. Now, um, you know, by his own admission, maybe he's not as youthful as, as he would have been, but he's still well able to kick points. And I think his experience will be huge out there. He's just after making his 100 appearance, which for a county like Leitrim is very hard to do based on we have very few championship games every year to go on. So um, I think he could play a part yet, Paul, but we're definitely, Ryan O'Rourke, top class forward, maybe needs to step up big time this weekend as well with Keith gone because those scores need to be soaked up elsewhere on the field. So really, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm worried about it. Probably a couple of weeks ago, I would have been more worried. I think hearing the things I'm hearing and the build up to the game, I'm hoping we can come out of there with, with, with a win anyway, you know? And there's always the Andy Moore factor there because Andy yeah. Moore is very, very diligent and you know, the boys well prepared and certainly there'll be no complacency there uh, knowing Andy as a person. He'll be a very intense kind of individual. He'll he'll have Slago well aware and the players well aware of, of the expectation that he has, obviously, from his uh, his own perspective, his own personal approach to Gaelic football. But... I, I, I think I think he's a very very shrewd and good appointment for Leitrim, and I think that influence of of him being with Mayo and so close um, after retirement, I, I I think it can work in his favour. You know, hundred percent agreed. Danny. when you turn the the coin, as you said earlier on, to to Wee James's appointment, him saying that what he didn't really want it. Then you have a big name coming in in Leitrim. I know it attracted an awful lot of boys back to play who maybe hadn't been playing. So it had the opposite effect maybe than what it would have yeah. had in them. And so, as you said, 
I think, if I'm being honest with you, and, uh, you know, I think there was a little bit of complacency during the league. Carrick was deemed unplayable. You might remember that shocking weekend. And Leitrim agreed, I think, to bring it over to the centre of excellence in Beacon and Mayo. But I don't know what the situation was, why it wasn't brought to the dome. But we agreed to play it on, on one of the training pitches in Beacon. And, and London turned us over that day. So there might have been a wee bit of complacency back then, but there certainly won't be coming for, for Sunday. And, and definitely Andy and, and the boys in the back room will have them well rehearsed on this one, I, I'd hope so. But there's always that little bit of fear going out there. You had it as a player going out there. And by Jesus, you surely have it as a, as a supporter now. And... <laughs> um, What's what's the kind of style Andy Moran's adopted, uh, Gary, for Leitrim? Yeah, very much attacking sort of stuff, Paul. Like, he doesn't like sitting, he doesn't like, you know, a half-back line, let's say, that might be sitting in, holding, holding tight. Obviously, maybe if we're lucky enough to get over London, we might see a little bit more of a defensive approach against the likes of Galway or Mayo, whoever comes through that game. So um, I don't expect them to go all out 15 against those teams. But but during the league, I think when we were playing teams of a similar level, you know, he, he did want to play attacking style football. He wanted both his half-backs high up the field when, when we were in possession. So um, very much moved the ball fast. I know preparations have gone reasonably well in fairness. And Danny will tell you, even from, from our days playing, you can train, train and train, but matches are sometimes as good a preparation. There were three or four training sessions. And I think the lads played Wicklow, uh, Mead and Longford since the end of the league in, in three different challenges. And there were kind of three different teams used. So apparently they were kicking decent scores in those games. Um, and, and, and it was very much going for go for it, go for broke. So I think that's the approach he's going to have. He might try and start fast and get a good, good good lead against London and maybe try and kill the game early on. I'd say that'd be his approach, depending on conditions, Paul, and where which way the wind is going, um, he'll adopt that approach. But yeah, very much so uh, progressive attacking style of football, but moving the ball fast as well. There's no kind of defensive orientation. I'm, so, I'm sure he's worked on that the day we played. Uh, I was down at, when we played Cavan and Carrick and Channel in the first round. And, um, you know, he played, I wouldn't say he played defensively that day, but he did play an extra man around the middle as a sweeper, uh, kind of dropping in in front of Paddy Lynch in the, in the full forward line for Cavan. So, and that game was relatively low scoring, 12-8. We actually defended reasonably well that day, bar giving away some scorable frees. So, uh, I'd say it'll be all out uh, with, with a bit of reason, depending if we're against a strong reason the first half, you might see a little bit of a reserved approach. But otherwise, when, when in possession, he'll want a lot of bodies getting forward. And do you just see Leitrim getting over the line this again? I do, I do. I think, you know, I don't want to come... I, th I think four to six points, I'd be hoping for a four-point win. Um, I think we'll have enough, um, like Danny said, and, and, and uh, no disrespect to London, I felt after the first three wins as the element of surprise was gone and you were always maybe waiting for the for the arse to fall out of it, as you say, with London, which is very disrespectful to me to say, but you always, they always could sometimes if they started the league well, it began to catch up with them. But then Cavan went out there in one of the last, the second or third last round of the league games and came out of there with a one-point win. So I think that made me sit up and realise, just maybe London aren't done yet. They're still going strong here. So uh, your man, the coach out there, Michael Maher, is a very acute boy. He'll have them kind of primed very well for this one. So I'm going to say four to six points, and I'm hoping, that's what I'm hoping. I take, if you give me a one-point win here, I take an out of all for sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> another interesting one there in Compton. The final game in Ulster um, this weekend, Danny, um, for a while there on the podcast, we were talking about some of the players who were leaving the Tyrone panel 
Paul Donahue obviously became another one of those members. And now it looks like Peter Hart and Matty Donnelly um, are out of the clash this weekend for Tyrone against Fermanagh. Yeah, well, <clears throat> Matty, Matty Donnelly has been a fantastic player for Tyrone. Uh, no doubt about it. You know what? I know he has maybe two or three All-Stars. Um, I know uh, um, he's about five or six Irish news or maybe more uh, All-Stars as well. He's been one of Tyrone's top, top players. But he's been ravaged with injury probably the last two seasons. And uh, it looks like his uh, his hamstring is obviously keeping him back from, from being available Pete, uh, for, for, for Mana. But Peter Hart may be a wee bit different. Peter Hart will be a blow to, to Tyrone, certainly. Especially um, with his form this year. Oh, especially with his form, surely. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they try to see him back, um, even to make the bench, even from a psychological point of view for himself on the team. But uh, do they need to risk him against Fermanagh? I don't think so. Um, I think that they will beat Fermanagh. Uh, I think, you know, it was a potential uh, slip for them prior to them playing Kerry. But I think the fact that they went to the kingdom and the bit uh, carried down there, um, I, th- I think that was a big statement of intent from them because they'd obviously they'd, they'd become under a bit of pressure themselves. They're not playing as well as last year. Obviously, the wider members leaving the squad. Um, and I think that that went down there. And Kerry, <laughs> believe it or not, Kerry will have wanted to have beat thrown there. They'll have wanted to put them in their place even for last year's championship semi-final. So... Certainly, it wasn't a gimme. Uh, Trump or Kerry put out a strong, uh, Kerry put out a strong team. So it was a great win for Trump, and I suppose that would have lifted expectations again for the incoming season. So, yes, the wider squad. I think actually, Doher and Logan are going to have to rebuild in not a huge sense of the word where they're rebuilding a first fifteen. I think they're going to have to rebuild a second 15 and and that's based on the boys that have the all-iron medal in the pocket and they've now decided, you know what, this commitment's too much for for sporadic appearances. So, But then you've got likes of Dar Canavan who's going to come in this year. He's going to play, play a bigger part, super player. You're going to have Callum McShane. Will he return to some kind of form that we've seen two or three years ago? If he does, again, he's, he's a game winner. Um, and there's the interesting one this weekend. Sorry? Conor McKenna, he just wasn't used against Kerry as a sub. Like, it's it's the big yeah. one. Yeah, Conor McKenna, his first season back, he was phenomenal. He mm. said, this, you know, this guy's obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer for them. Um, but hasn't, hasn't really, hasn't really let the world alight last year, albeit you can see in some moments he has, he is a special player. Now, I think it's about nailing down a specific position for him, to be honest. I think he's been used as a utility man. At times, he was at full-back, Morgan man, Morgan certain players. At times, he was sent a half-forward, middle of the field. I think he needs to nail down a specific spot, and they need to persevere with him there. Um, so, I think it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one there for the management, and it's a difficult one there for Conor McKenna, because lower, Logan and Doer, sorry, they seem to be very practical with their, their choices, even around the half forward line. Like they, they, these are guys that are workhorses, that are trend stickers. And uh, they obviously have the talent, don't get me wrong, but they, they, they're very much a, a, a team that go for the practicals, the, the down and dirty stuff, and then they have the floor to finish it in McCurry. So, um, 
listen, it's all about Tyrone this weekend. That they, they will, they should be, they should be Fermanagh. Can't see there being a hiccup here, to be honest. Um, but Fermanagh want to go out there and, and get a performance. That's 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 what the main thing for Fermanagh will be. They're in the Taltian Cup again. It's not where any player wants to be, but that's where they find themselves. But you know, I think for them, it's about the performance, not so much about the result. Being realistic. Yeah, this game in um, Brewster Park, of course, but you're, you're even looking, Gary, at some of the players. Like Tyrone have lost some players, but there's still that depth when compared to Fermanagh there. Yeah, huge. I think another player um, who's had a really good league, and I don't think he even made the 26 last year for the All-Ireland final, is your man Richie Donnelly, Matty Donnelly's younger brother. He's been very good at midfield. Um, and, you know, he's probably looking at it now going, I couldn't make the 26 last year, and I will find myself getting a lot of minutes in the league. So he's going to be someone that might be straight in this weekend, especially with Matty and, and Peter Hart out. Um, they've got probably, as, as, as Danny mentioned, like you've got... Hart, Donnelly, you've got McKenna and they're primarily, they've been utility men over the last couple of years. They don't seem to have one set position. And if anything now with with uh, Hart and Donnelly out this weekend, now who, who's going to step into those positions and who's going to take up those roles for the boys? They kind of tend to drift when they, when they want to. Um, so I think Tyrone will try and, you know, they're lucky that they've got kind of Fermanagh this weekend, no disrespect to Fermanagh, but they should be expecting to win this and they're going to be blooding a few guys in there who maybe haven't been at the, the red hot Ulster Championship pace over the last couple of years. And like Danny said, like it's it's more so he, they're going to be looking for guys to put their hands up to be the six or seven guys coming in off the line because they're, they're, they're spine of the team and they're 15 that are there, probably nearly picked themselves at this stage. Dara Canavan, who would have been an impact player, Richie Donnelly, who I mentioned, and a couple of other guys are probably now going to be those guys starting. So um, it's definitely going to affect them. You've seen the effect it's had on the, on the dubs over the last couple of seasons, losing those six or seven guys who probably were the original super guys playing all the games, playing all the minutes, had kind of got a bit of miles in the legs, moved on to the bench, and where the boys coming in making an impact. That's all gone now for, for Tyrone. So you're trying to see who you can develop to come in next. I'm sure they've had very successful underage teams. They've got a lot of guys waiting to come in there. So, um, But the challenge will be this weekend in Brewster Park. They should be beaten for mana. I do think probably... Um, you know, Danny's probably kept an eye on it more so there than me, but your man Kieran Domney's done a brilliant job and for man all the same. They, I think they I would have been putting them and again, no disrespect, but I would have thought they got they'd be getting relegated out of division three, to be honest with you. Um, but they ended up on I think six points. Very unlucky as well to be done. I think remember that highlights the point that wasn't a point in, in yeah. Mullingar against uh, against Westmead. They probably would have ended up further up the table, but they survived and as Danny says, they'll be going into the Talton Cup. What for them this weekend? It's about a performance. Um, about Tyrone, it's just getting the win and getting a bit of momentum going now to get a good finish to the league. So, um, a couple of games this weekend, loads of different variables around all three of them. The most kind of straightforward one looks to be Tyrone beating, beating Fermanagh. Yeah, and uh, Danny, just to even finish on this game, like, like Shawnee Quigley has been one of the players of the league as well, which, uh, his scoring, but like Tyrone, I want to put a statement out here because get over this, which you expect them to do. It's it's Derry in the quarterfinal. Yeah, and Derry, um, uh, you know, going back a couple of seasons ago, you'll you'll remember that Derry uh, put Tyrone to the pin of their collar, and also there's a main field, and especially when you go into a derby match with, with Rory Gallagher and Derry 
Um, the fact that I actually thought that Derry were going to go up at one point during the league, they have been, you know, flying very, very well. They had, uh, you know, they had taken a couple of key key results um, at the very, very start. They got the points on the board and they were sitting top of the division. And I actually fancied them to go up, given the, given the, I suppose the players at their disposal at that stage. Now they fell away and they're a bit disappointed with that, but certainly, um, they, they were. The week. Sorry. Did you, did you see McFall left during the week? I did. Yeah. Listen, it's it's black or white with Gallagher. Um, from follow what I know of him. Um, you know, if you're not fully committed, there may have been uh may have been issues that obviously we don't know about or will we know about. Um, but certainly if Gallagher's saying, listen, it's for the best of both parties, you know, it was a very black and white issue with him. And and I think it is in general with Roy Gallagher. I think he uh, he demands uh, total commitment, total focus, and I believe that the reason why they've got to where they've got is because of that very attitude, and that works for them. Um, you know, uh, obviously McFall is a very, very good player, um, and you would kind of think who's who's going to miss more, Derry or him? But certainly, I think mass, the message coming from Gallagher and from his approach in, in Fermanagh and Donegal. It's about the culture of the wider team. It's not about any one individual. And certainly, uh, obviously, he's made that call with him. And and listen, the proof will be the proof will be when they go to play Tyrone. But certainly, you would be fancying for uh, Tyrone to to come through for Mana. And yes, for Mana will be stiff opposition in Brewster Park. It's not an easy place to go. Um, but you have to be realistic of what where they're playing at as compared to Tyrone. The levels the levels that's there and. It's about a performance again for Fermanagh. It's about not lying down, not taking it and, and, and putting up a really, really good fight. It's a bit like the throne match though against Calvin last year in the opening round. Mm. You know, probably only going to go one way. It doesn't need to light up light up the room. It doesn't need to light up the championship. All Throne want to do is get that game, preliminary game out of the road and move on to focus on what will be. It'll be a very, very stiff test against, against Derry. And if they get through that, then it looks like um, it looks like either Monaghan or Down. It looks like Monaghan, and then then you have Donny or Armagh. So you know whatever you thought about it last year for them, it's 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 going to be even tougher this year. Even that um, McFall, uh, I suppose when Rory Gallagher was asked and Gary uh, Gallagher kind of saying about the commitment levels not required, like it. Kind of interesting to hear that. Yeah, like uh, um, Danny knowing better than me, Gallagher. But Gallagher came down to Leitrim, I think, in 2014-15 for a couple of uh, guest sessions with us. And I'll never forget the intensity of them. He's in your face the whole time. What you see is what you get. Like, there's no... He doesn't mince his words and he would be the same in the press with it, with a lot of what he says. So I, I don't know, there, has there been some sort of a disagreement or some sort of falling out? I, I, you might remember Galway gave them a good trimming up there in the second and last round of the league when Derry were looking to be hot shots to go straight up. And I think there might have been, look again, I'm only kind of playing on what I was seeing, like on what everyone else seen. But I'd say there, there was, McFall got sent off in the second half, I think, of that game against against Galway. And I think there was some sort of an incident, maybe was there, or maybe I'm getting the wrong man here. But I don't know, was there bad humour after that? Um, but, but something seems to have broken down. But like that, if you're not towing the line with Gallagher, 
um, that season. He seems to be like that with everyone. You'll remember his 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 departure from Jim McGuinness. You know, the two of them kind of fell out at one point as well. So he looks to be a guy, uh, and the experiences I would have had with him was is what you see is what you get, and no message. So he's trying to keep a harmonious squad. And I'd say if there was issues with McFall, he wanted to nip it in the bud because Derry are going places. Um, if you go back to to twenty nineteen, we played them in the Division Four National League final, and look where they are now. Or you know, as he said. They're going to be. They're going to be. Uh, so they're going to cause an upset at some stage, whether it be um, against Tyrone in a couple of weeks' time, or it could be in the back door. They're, I think they're going to take a scalp this year at some stage, depending on where the games go and where it is. But uh, yeah, uh, I'd say he's trying to nip any unrest in the bud. And if McFall was kicking off with any sort of issues, or maybe they didn't see eye to eye on something, they just decided to, to part ways, and that's the way it's going to be. Some um, intriguing uh, action to look forward to, but this weekend but that's all uh, on our podcast today looking ahead uh, to the action at the weekend uh, Gary and Danny uh, thanks for for your time